Welcome. Well, of course, for today we had to save the spookiest candy of all, candy corn. Um, I have a mixed feeling about candy corn. We'll get into it a little bit more later. But um, I don't hate it as much as some people seem to, but I also don't love it. I, I feel like candy corn suffers from the uh, same issue that a lot of candy suffers from which is, well, a lot of weird candy. I think a, a truly good candy to me, the test is um, when I eat it, do I want to eat another one? Or am I sort of like, well, that was a thing, and I did it, and now I'm done. Candy corn is like a candy that I want to eat five pieces of a year, maybe ten. Like, I would like to just buy a sleeve of ten candy corns and uh, that's it. That's all I need. Like the one little bag that you might get trick-or-treating. That's the perfect amount of candy corn. And it's sort of like, at first I eat it, and it's, okay, that seems fine. Then I kind of remember, you know, what it tastes like. Then, then I think I... I sort of remember what I don't like about it. And then I'm done. Um, so, you know, if I, I'm not going to explain candy corn, although apparently uh, it has a flavor based on honey, sugar, butter, and vanilla, which is, I guess, I guess if you just mixed a bunch of that stuff, part of the issue, though, of candy corn is the texture, Right. So let's do some history. Chicken feed was the original name of the candy, with production starting in the late 1880s. Uh, <laughs> turns out, baby, that uh, they didn't really want it. Oh, interesting. Um, a company that later became Jelly Belly began manufacturing it. They still make it, but I guess Brock's is the biggest. Brock's is, like, definitely the old lady candy company, right? Um... Along with other agricultural-inspired treats at the time in the late 19th century, in the late 19th, in the late 19th century, America's confectioners sought to market candy corn to a largely rural society. During the late 1800s, buttercream candies molded into many types of nature-inspired shapes, including chestnuts, turnips, and clover leaves were quite popular. But what made candy corn stand out was its bright and iconic tricolor layering. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, turnip turnip candy wasn't popular, you say. Chestnut candy. Clover candy. Clover, I feel like you could get away with again. Just, uh, you know, uh, fucking Lucky Charms has been doing it. I don't see why no one else can get in on this game. <laughs> um, associated with fall, fall and Halloween. It's associated with foul. It is foul. Um, it is, became a staple in the 1950s when they began to hand out individually wrapped candy. Hmm. That's a good point. 
Oh, and October 30th, the day before Halloween, is National Candy Corn Day. Yeah, I guess so. I, You know, that makes sense to me, because it's like, let's have National Candy Corn Day be the day before all the good candy. And also, it's like, if there's ever been a day when kids, when a parent can make a kid not eat too much candy, it's probably October 30th. Because you're like, look, you are about to go out and get a goddamn pillow sack full of candy. Um, so, no candy today. I feel like as a kid, I wouldn't like that, but I would be like, there is a logic to what my mom is saying right now. I hate it, but it is true. Originally, the candy was made by hand. Manufacturers combined sugar, corn syrup, carnauba wax, and water, and cooked them to form a slurry. Um, slurry is linked. Slurry is the most disgusting word. Um, a slurry is a mixture of solids denser than water suspended in liquid, usually water. The most common use of slurry is as a means of transporting solids, the liquid being a carrier that is pumped on a device such as a tr centrifugal pump. Um, gross. Let's see. Let's look at some of the uh, other slurries. Cement slurry. Uh, soil cement slurry. Uh, gel explosives. Um, pyroclastic material produced in a volcanic eruption. Um, coal slurry, uh, manure slurry, meat slurry, wood pulp and water used to make paper, chemical mechanical polishing slurry, um, cement, again, ceramics. Oh, here's a good one. A bolus of chewed food mixed with saliva is a slurry. A mixture of epoxy glue and glass microspheres. <laughs> um, so it sounds like most slurries are bad and not edible, except I guess a meat slurry, finely ground meat and water, centrifugally dewatered and used as food. Um, you know, it's not a good sign when the food process says used as food as opposed to the verb eaten. <laughs> This is used as food. It doesn't necessarily say it is food, but used as food. Uh, let's see. So a slurry. Fondant was added for texture, and marshmallows were added to provide a soft bite. Um, I have opinions on fondant, recently expressed, but um, fondant is not food. And don't ever tell me that fondant is edible. It, technically, yes, it is edible. You're not going to die because you ate a block of fondant. But you're not going to enjoy it. And to have a cake encased in fondant and call that like, oh, look at this cake I made. And it's like, well, if you just encased it in Play-Doh, it would technically be edible as well. And uh, easily molded and whatever. I am not impressed by these cake shows where they make these fondant creations. I want to eat the cake. And what makes... A cake that's a shape interesting is not fondant. Because if you just made a clay outer shell, I mean, just use a blow mold, make a plastic outer shell, make a cake, and then put it under the shell. There you go. No one would be like, uh, make a glass dish to put a cake inside of and a glass pedestal and do this ornate decoration of the glass. And then everyone would be like, what an amazing cake. They'd be like, that's a cake stand. Yeah. Fondant is a cake skin. 
Um, it's disgusting. It's terrible. It's the worst thing that's happened to reality TV baking shows. Um, the final mixture was then heated and poured into shaped molds. Three passes, one for each colored section, were required during the pouring process. Okay, so this is this is one of my questions, because I was like, is candy corn, are the three layers actually different? Or are they just different colors of the same thing? The recipe remains basically the same. The production method called cornstarch modeling. So again, not baking, not cooking, modeling. Likewise remains the same, though tasks initially performed by hand were soon taken over by machines made for that purpose. Well, duh. Um, let's see. Apparently it's supposed to be a real honey flavor and it has honey in it, according to Brock's. Brock's. Nutrition facts. Do we care? I mean... It's got zero grams of fat. Oh, it contains soy. Tun, tun, tun. Um, are the layers of candy corn different flavors? This comes up pretty quickly. Oh, now this says, no, the candy is all one flavor. The only difference is the coloring. Um, they said the layers are all the same flavor on Food Network. Do the sections of candy corn taste different? Yeah, this is what I want to know. Because are they different? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. It seems like they're not. It would appear they're not. I wonder if there's like a video I can see of candy corn factory. Um... At Thrillist, they had everyone in their office taste the different layers. They said it tastes more different. But then when they get to the third one, they're like, I don't know. Uh, three out of four tasters seem to find at least some difference in the taste. But see, here's what I wonder. Um, the, the different sizes are different. You know, does the amount fuck it up, right? Does the amount of the candy corn... You'd have to shave off an equal size piece of white, orange, and yellow in order to discover this, right? That's what would need to happen. Um, I did find out a couple other interesting facts. So here's that's the experiment that needs to happen. Where's that experiment going to happen? On our bonus episode. I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to ruin... I don't want to taint Potoween with that, but... Um, According to uh, alwaystreat.com, the different parts of the country also have different opinions on the correct way to eat candy corn. Um, basically, here are the options. Start with the narrow white end, bite that off. Start with the wider yellow end, and eat the whole piece at once. Um, let's see where the true maniacs live. Okay, the Florida, Georgia area... Um, Maine, Illinois, and Wyoming. That's the only place the maniacs who eat the yellow part first seem to live. Even then, it's only 5%, 6%, 9%, 7% in those areas. But those are the only areas where, you know, that seems to be... I guess the most popular is in the South. In the South, they eat 9% will eat the yellow part first. I, if I saw someone doing that, I would be tempted to just slap it out of their hand immediately. 
Be like, what are you doing? Now, in Peter's opinion, the correct way to eat it is to eat the white part first, not to just put the whole thing in your mouth. Um, because eating candy corn is a joyous occasion. The Midwest does it 30%, does it that way, and in the South. So the South be is the most backwards and most forwards, as is the Midwest. But then all of them are about 60%. I don't know why this is, now that I've read this through, I don't know why this is divided by region, because it's like, okay, white part first, West, 29%, Midwest, 30 Northeast, 25 South, 30 Um the one part, 5%, 6%, 7%, 9%, and then all together, 66, 64, 69, pew, 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 and 62. These are similar enough results that I feel they could probably just combine them into the United States. I mean, these are not, it's not a result that's like, oh my god, it's been so skewed. Um, but point being, I guess most people... About two-thirds feel that you're supposed to do the white or the whole thing. Then a third is like eat the white part first. And then, you know, there's always going to be a fucking crazen uh, serial killers, child molesters who are like, oh, eat the yellow part first. Now, here's a generation division. Who enjoys candy corn the most? 56% of boomers, 58% of Gen Xers. 46% of Millennials, and then 49% of Gen Z. So I guess Millennials are the lowest. Millennials are ruining everything, trying to get rid of our candy corn from us. Um, and Gen Z is like, no, we're bringing it back. We are bringing it back, baby. Oh, here's a much longer explanation of how candy corn is made. In 1900s, many men needed to work together to produce candy corn. <laughs> Many men, many, 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 many men. Sugar, corn, syrup, and other ingredients were cooked into a slurry in large kettles. Why are they using this word slurry? I don't need to do this. Here, let me fix this. Sugar, corn, syrup, and other ingredients were cooked together in large kettles. Done. You don't need to use the word slurry. That makes me think of uh, that goo that they made chicken nuggets out of. Fondant and marshmallow were added to give a smooth texture and bite. Yeah, fondant. Great. No wonder I don't like it. And 45 pounds of warm candy was poured into buckets called runners. Men called, quote, stringers, walked backwards, pouring the candy into cornstarch trays imprinted with the kernel shape. It took three passes to make the white, yellow, and orange colors. Originally, it was delivered by wagon in wooden boxes, tubs, and cartons. <laughs> Um, today, let's see, basically the same. Candy corn is made from tip to tip in three color passes. First, the depression is filled with partially set white, known as mellow cream. Next, the orange mellow cream is added. The mold is then finished by adding the yellow mellow cream, and the entire candy is cooled. Okay, so it's called mellow cream. That is a name for cum, for sure. After it has finished cooling, the trays are emptied in a confectioner's glaze also a name for cum, is added to make the kernels a little shiny. At last, the little candy corns are ready to be eaten. Yeah, it wouldn't be as appealing without that glaze, right? If it didn't have a little sheen to it, candy corn. No thanks, keep that to yourself, fucker. Ugh. So, okay, here's what we've learned. Candy corn is made of cum. 
that's the basic of what I've discovered here today. Unfortunately. Um, well, that's essentially the end of our, our Potoween today. I hope you enjoyed this year's trip down Sweet Lane. Didn't work. Um, I have this new idea I'm working on, which is I'm writing a joke book of jokes that didn't work. Can I, should I, let me pull up a little sample for you so you know what I'm talking about. Um, but basically it's a, a joke book of jokes that I tried to make work and they did not work. But you know, this way they're still sort of preserved and maybe someone else can make it work. It's called Petering Out, a joke book of jokes that didn't work, but I'll explain them to you anyway. And this is the what I'm changing the term petering out to mean, is uh, when you give up and just explain the joke. So here's an example. Joke. Why doesn't a pizza wear stripes? Because it doesn't want to mix stripes and porka dots. Premise. There's a lost joke where I call pepperonis porka dots. I have never again been able to make it work despite multiple attempts. Now you're the product. In a brief philosophy. Devil that's from the end of that little outro music. Um, premise. There's a last joke where I call pepperonis porka dots. I've never again been able to make it work despite multiple attempts. Verdict. One person found my porka dots joke funny. He was extremely high. So that's how the petering out joke book works. <laughs> There's also ones that have Poonmaster Flex's reaction to them, which I think adds a lot. Okay, here's what I need to say about candy corn. Candy corn is a seasonal candy. And I think candy corn kind of works on the same principle as the aforementioned Astro Pop and a couple other things, which is like, I think we need to have some shitty candy in the world, or at least some mediocre candy. And I think it's like you need to have a mixture. It can't all be a home run. If it was all a home run, you know, you need the highs and the lows. If it was, if candy was a short story I was writing, it needs to have different textures. It can't all be, you know, the best time ever. And then at the end, the character in the story just kind of claps his hands and says, well, guys, life's a blast, huh? And then fade to black. Um, it needs to have some highs. It needs to have some lows. Otherwise, it's like, why are, why are we reading it? So I think that... Um, as little control as we have over the world, candy is one of the things we can control and it can have highs and lows. So I, I do like the idea that there are some lows in the candy world. You know, there's some room for mediocrity. And uh, I don't know, eat some, eat some mediocre candy this year, kids. Have a fun Halloween, be safe. Put out a fucking bowl of candy for the kids, by the way. Just do it. Don't be a don't be a cringe. You can you can you can swing it, and you know, okay. So a kid comes and takes all the candy. One kid, fine. Who cares? You were giving it all away anyway. It's like, what difference does it make? What difference does it make to you if fifty-seven-year-olds uh, come or one fifteen-year-old comes? You won't even know. That's the beauty of it. If you have one of those door cameras, turn that shit off put out a bowl that you don't care if it gets destroyed and uh that's your halloween done i need a candy corn try it try the different flavors see if you can tell the difference 
All right. Well, we'll see you next Halloween. I assume there are a lot of you who just listened for Hall- Halloween, Potoween. I don't even remember what my thing's called. And here we go again, petering out, coasting to a stop.